Marxism is everywhere. It is all around us. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when others are too afraid to speak their mind. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. I offer you a choice, a choice between two worlds. Take the blue pill and continue living in the world of complacency and indifference. Or take the red pill. Join us in a world where patriots come together to fight for freedom. What the elites don't want you to know is that there are 200,000 open committee man seats in the Republican Party. These party members are the ones who determine the future of the GOP. The precinct strategy will teach you what it takes to help elect America first candidates who share your love of country and a vision for a better America. Will you take the blue pill and continue living in a world where a corrupt few control everything? Or will you take the red pill and join us? Let's take our country back, one precinct at a time. Choose wisely. Your future depends on it. PrecinctStrategy.com now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 73rd episode of Please Call Me Crazy. This is David Penn, your guest host. Uh, Royce White is off playing basketball this week, as we've shared before. He's going to be back soon. I appreciate your viewership and giving me a chance to talk with you and get to know you and be part of the Please Call Me Crazy community. And it is a community, and it's, it's, it's growing quickly very quickly. I want to uh, thank Free People Radio that hosts Please Call Me Crazy and the Professor Penn Podcast and other properties that will be added soon, just like we're adding new advertisers because things are going in the right direction here. We want to thank my bookie for joining the Please Call Me Crazy community and Ghostbed, and then our first advertiser, TireGet.com, 14,000 tires, everything you need for your vehicles, in stock, ready to go. Lots of big developments going to come at you from TireGet very soon. The beautiful thing about MyBookie or GhostBed or TireGet, you know, you got to buy a mattress. Some of you are going to be betting. All of us have to buy tires. It's just part of the game. So when you, when you support these companies, these companies are supporting the channel. They're supporting the freedom movement. Truth Media plus this political economy we call the patriot economy, that's going to bring us a freedom result. We're freedom builders. This is how we're doing this. So your support of our advertisers is very important. It's critical. And I want to thank you for doing so. I want to thank you all for letting me fill in for Royce. It's an awesome responsibility, and it's a lot of fun. I hope I'm, I'm kind of in a good mood today. I've been so dark because things are so dark. Maybe today I'll get off a couple of good one-liners and lift everybody up with a good chuckle or two, because some of this stuff is so ridiculous, it's funny. But before we get to the, the entertainment part of the evening, something I think is very important and very serious. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the light and the dark. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for healing the blind. 
Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for feeding the people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the heavens and the earth. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for directing my path. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for our America and our courage. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for crowning America with glory. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for restoring strength to the weary. Well, how are you doing? How are you doing? Are you feeling good? How's your well-being today? How is your well-being? You know, our well-being, that's self-governance. Well-being is the core, it's the fundamental cornerstone of self-governance. Because if you don't have your well-being, right away you're going to be depending on others for help. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't see your doctor or your chiropractor or your naturopath. No, please. I fully support anything anyone does to enhance their well-being. And we have to look at these providers not as gods. They're not. They're assistants in our own path. You know, there's good scientific research, good research, which I can cite if somebody calls me out on it in the live chat, that patients that question their doctors, patients that are resistors, renegades, the kind of people that get thrown out of political parties, those kind of people, if they have a serious diagnosis, and it can happen to anybody at any time because we're living in a toxic environment, we're bathed in radiation, we're fed chemicals from the time we're, you know, knee-high to the grasshopper, and they shoot things into us. Well, come on. When I was a kid, I think we had three vaccines. Now the kids, they take like 75, 80 vaccines by the time they're 10 years old. I mean, right off the bat, they're not going to be self-governing because their immune system becomes dependent on medical intervention. There, We are taking our children, and we're making their immune systems dependent on medical intervention. It's the opposite of self-governance. And of course, they got the hook in us. They got the hook in us because we're afraid about dying. So they use that fear against us. That's not nice. It's not nice to use people's fears against them. That's very Nazi, very Nazi. If you notice on the uh, Please Call Me Crazy and on the Professor Penn podcast, we are we ourselves, the, the, your humble service that are doing the, the podcasting, we say we're afraid. We're not trying to make you afraid. I mean, I'm afraid about what I'm seeing. And I have to tell you, I tend to get angry when I'm afraid, which is probably not that good. I do tend to get angry. It's just, just much more honest. It's much more honest to say these people are terrifying because they are. They just are. And if you notice, when we do these... Um, Prayers, I always believe that I've received it. I always frame the prayer as what I'm, I'm wishing for when I pray. I believe that I've received it and I shall have it. And I'm dealing with a lot of my own, and I, I said this on a recent podcast, I have my own doubts, I have my own gap in my own faith right now because a lot is being asked of me. I'm putting myself out there with you. It's an awesome responsibility. 
when I do things in my personal life that are wrong, and I do, I do, I mean, I, mean, I make mistakes, I feel awful about it. I want every word to be correct. I want every action to be correct because I realize, I realize that the way to, defe to defeat, the way to defeat evil is to be good. It's an individual struggle. I mean, evil just doesn't live out there in a tree. You never saw an elm tree, oh, that's an evil tree. It doesn't work that way. Evil lives within us, the American citizens, and goodness lives within us, the American citizens. So if we have, as the population of, the, of these United States, we the people, American citizens, if we identify and strive for goodness, evil will be diminished. And since evil is so pervasive right now, I think this is a worthwhile pursuit for me, and I'm very, I mean, I'm kind of hard on myself about it. I mean, to the extent that if I'm putting on my underwear and I stumble, I feel like a sucker, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time. So everything requires some style, some artistry. You know, what are we as human beings? We're our histories, what made us happy, what made us cry, and the style that we develop over the course of our lifetime. Of course, what the state wants is for us all to be minions, to be the same, dress the same, eat the same, think the same, watch the same news, buy the same things. Everybody's got to have this. Everybody's got, you know, they're just turning us into minions, minions, minions of the system. And for that, I have to say, up yours, I'm an individual. I'm a snowflake. I'm my own unique Professor Penn. And I hope you're, you're, you, you know, you're developing your own unique style. And I've taken a lot of risks in my life. I mean, I've risked performing music. I've risked, I've risked, <laughs> that wasn't really a risk compared to some of the other things I've done in my life, okay? But, you know, interestingly, when you stand up in front of four or 5,000 people and you have to play a violin concerto, man, that'll scare the living bejesus out of you. I remember one time, this is a funny story, you know, on the Professor Penn podcast, I talk a lot about my father. He was a professor, a real professor, working at a real university, and he was a, a groundbreaking uh, researcher. Yeah, and this is funny. I haven't said this on the uh, Please Call Me Crazy Hour to this audience. My father, hey, you're looking at the son of the guy that started critical race theory. Uh, he's the granddaddy. That's correct. So I know something about this stuff. But it kind of went off in a strange direction. He really didn't have it in his mind that it would end up where it ended up. What he did was, as he said, hey, this British intellectual tradition with Darwin and Galton and Spencer, these sons of bitches were racists. And when he said that back in the 1960s, oh, oh, nobody wanted to hear that. These people, were they were revered, revered. Galton, Spencer, Darwin, Bertrand Russell, these people were the lions, the lions of the academy. And when my dad stood up there and started calling these people racists, oh, ho, 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 they had a way of deplatforming you back in the 1960s. It was called firing you. He lost his job at the university, and he had to fight like a lion to get his job back. He took them on, and he beat them. And he had so much sacred honor. You know, I've never thought about this before. It's a story, but it's an interesting story. I, I've talked about and I'm doing so much so much work, I can't remember what audience I'm talking to. But I talked a lot about Dmitry Shostakovich. He was a great Russian composer. And I've played a lot of his music. 
because it's so interesting and it captures the the spirit and the, the zeitgeist of his time in Russia under Stalin. And he had written an opera, you know, and he was a, he was an artist. I mean, he was a libertine. He was influenced by the West. And, you know, he probably liked the girls. You know, that's one of the benefits of being a rock star, right? Well, in those days, there was no rock and roll. The rock star was the guy that wrote the symphony. He got all the girls. So he wrote a very racy opera, very racy. For its time, it was quite libertine. And Stalin went to see it, and Stalin did not like it. He thought, well, this Western influence is very decadent, and they went after Shostakovich in Pravda the very next week. And Shostakovich was worried that the KGB, it wasn't called the KGB in those days, but it was the KGB, their CIA, their FBI, that their secret police was going to come arrest them. And he had young children, and he was so concerned to not traumatize them that he slept in the stairwell of his apartment building to spare his children a perceived risk that he might be arrested. Hey, that's love. That's sacred honor. And it just occurred to me while I was speaking to you here that when my father lost his job, I was maybe 12, 12 13 years old, he was fired. And it was front page news here in, in Minneapolis because he was a very prominent academic. He had the most in-demand courses at the University of Minnesota. Thousands of people followed him around. He was leading a movement. And what was the movement he was leading? He was going after the racists. Hey, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, right? But he didn't tell me he lost his job. A little bit like Shostakovich, he didn't want me to worry about him or myself or be traumatized. He hid it from me. He did not want me to know. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. I was a young, I was maybe 11 or 12 years old. It was really, you know, I'm not comparing my father to Shostakovich, but in his own kind of way, he was an artist. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, he didn't write any great symphonies, but what he, what he triggered in the academic community was an examination of people who were revered and their writings were not really looked at within the prism and within the lens of overt eugenics and racism. And he was the first person in the United States of America that I'm aware of that actually started to say, hey, Spencer, this guy is dangerous. And it cost him his job, as I said, and he fought to get it back, and I really didn't know about it until it was, you know, way on down the road. And I found out about it because, you know, I heard about it on the street because it was such a big deal. And I went home and I said, Dad, what's going on? And the first thing he said is, pay attention to your studies. Everything will be fine. He didn't use me for an energy sink, which a lot of parents do. And, I, and I'm going to say as a parent, all of us who are parents, or if we're thinking about how our parents treated us, you know, kids aren't energy sinks. Kids are the most precious resource of our society. They deserve our very best. And, of course, my kids who are watching this, they're saying, come on, Dad, you fell way short. And I did, and I'm sorry. I did the best I could. And uh, now I get to do this, and now I have a whole new set of children that are following me around. They're younger than me. Just much like my father, I used to remember I'd come home from school, he'd be sitting there, He'd be sitting on the couch smoking cigars, and there'd be a, a living room full of young university students sitting on the floor, Indian style, you know, listening to every word that came out of his mouth. And I find myself um, 
walking in my father's footsteps. I had no intention to go here today. I don't know why I'm doing it. But I do have uh, feelings of missing my father, and I'm very emotional about it because he was a very good man. And that's what we need. We need good people in this audience to step up in any way you think that's appropriate. I'm not going to judge you. Of course I want you to take one of those 200,000 empty seats in the Republican Party so we can wrest this party back from the eugenicists that are in control of it. And yes, they are eugenicists. How do I know it? They told me. I'm not making it up. I mean, I meet with these people, and they just tell you. They're really straight up about it. They're not hiding because they think they're in control. Because if the past is any predictor of the future, they are in control, and we're screwed, we the people. But I'm going to do this. So many other people are doing it, people with huge audiences. We're all saying the same thing. Get off the couch. Get in the game. There's billions of us and a handful of them. We'll sweep these people out. We'll limit their range of action, and we'll go back to creating a well-being society as it should be. Well, let's play this clip of F-16s. F-16s in Armageddon. Here it comes, because this is what these people are up to. It's a beautiful plane, isn't it? It's about 50 years old. These are F-16s in formation, flying along, loaded up and ready to go to war. And they're very beautiful. They are really beautiful pieces of art, and their purpose, the purposes of this art, is death. Isn't that interesting? There's a yin-yang. It's the youngest thing on the planet, and it's beautiful, incomprehensible beauty. This is what human beings are capable of. Wouldn't it be great if this creativity was put into things that were just about well-being? How far could we go as the human species, as American citizens, if all of our creativity went into creating well-being because so much of our creativity goes into killing each other? Oh, my, just crazy. And, you know, we're really good at killing each other. Fantastic. And I have to say, I spent 25 years of my life engaged in that kind of study, so I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I mean, I'm not without respect for it. I do respect it. And I think everybody should know how to defend themselves and uh, use a firearm because that's self-governance. If you remember the history of this country, the history, I mean, it wasn't that, that long ago where everybody was open carry. And if you weren't open carry, somebody in your vicinity was open carry. And there was a lot of gunplay. And there was a lot of desperados. I should replay that scene from Tombstone. Those guys were great, right? But we're afraid of that, right? We're afraid of that. We're afraid of the implications of self-governance. We're afraid of those implications. I mean, really, now, this is a... I'm riffing today, and I've come across another idea. We, the American people, are taught to be afraid of self-governing individuals. That if people self-govern, they're going to be tyrannical. They're going to be like Hitler. They're going to be dictators, like dictators or murderers. When you know, actually, the opposite is true. When we have this kind of governance, this kind of centralized control, we get Hitlers and we get clipped by master eugenicists. So, you know, this is where you got to get that red pill going. 
as Royce showed at the beginning, you got to take the blue pill or the red pill. Professor Penn, you know, my recommendation, take a red pill in the morning with your morning news. When you take a break at lunchtime from work, take another red pill. Come home at dinner time, take a third red pill. And when you lay down at night, instead of uh, Instagram and shorts, take a fourth red pill and figure it out for yourself. You know, what's really great about this, I keep saying it, they write it all down. They write it all down. So all you have to do, all you have to do is take an hour a day of your precious time, and that is your most precious resource, and devote yourself to some study, which the establishment is absolutely committed to you never getting to. That's why there's so much easy distraction. You know, it's 10 o'clock at night. You roll yourself some legalized marijuana, you smoke a good joint, and you pop into those shorts, and whoa, away you go. They don't want you to take the time to soberly look through the United Nations documents or read these bills that our elected representatives are passing to kill us. They don't want you to read that. They don't want you to go read, like when my daughter, I talk about this a lot on the Professor Penn podcast, and please go there and please subscribe. Please join the, the total community of Free People Radio because we're doing this for you. But we're doing it for us too. We're, actually, I am the biggest beneficiary because I'm constantly researching now and I get this opportunity to improv, as I was saying, Columbia University. I didn't want my daughter to go there because it's kind of the eye of the dragon. Hillary Clinton teaches there. Henry Kissinger teaches there. I mean, if it's, if it's a crappy deal for the American people, it probably came out of Columbia. That's who these people are. And my daughter said, oh, no, these people are great. I want this. You know, they have the this and that. So what I do is I go get the papers from the professors because they write everything down, and I spend a weekend reading everything they wrote. You know what I found out? They're assholes. That's what I found out. Anyhow, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening is... Our government is backing up the Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians are attacking inside the internationally recognized borders of the Russian Federation. It's not good enough to fight in Ukraine, and I guess they're at war. You know, why not just drop a nuclear bomb on uh, Moscow and see what happens? That's who these people are. And if we let them get away with it, they absolutely are going to do it. That's their plan. That's what they're working towards. So this is hilarious. There's a bridge that connects Russia to the Crimea. You know, the Crimea used to be part of the Ukraine, but, uh, you know, the Russians uh, liberated it from the Nazis. Depends on what street corner you stand on. It depends on from what vantage point is your view. But the Crimea has been part of Russia for a very long time. In fact, there was a war called the Crimean War, which was fought in 1853, when the British tried to get control of the Crimea because it's a very strategic area in the Black Sea, and that's where the Russians have their fleet to this day. And they fought a war there against the Russians in Russia, and 500,000 Russians died. That's not a small war. Put it into some context, the Vietnam War, which went on for a very long time, I think killed 70 or 80,000 Americans. I should get the exact number because every one of those Americans were precious lives lost in an unnecessary in an unnecessary war fought by the military industrial complex to churn the inventory 
They were just churning the inventory. I mean, they had this big cover story about communism and stopping the spread of communism. And Nah, I don't believe that. That's just for my consumption. What really happened was they used up a lot of inventory and a lot of people got killed. And when, you're, when your business model is, hey, to make money, I got to kill people, that's called piracy, okay? That's called piracy. That's called piracy. Good for them. So they attacked inside the Crimea, the Ukrainians did, since I saw you last, and they blew up the bridge. It didn't go down. It's a very stout bridge, but it's a very important bridge because the Russians bring down a lot of their supplies that they use in the fight in the Ukraine across this bridge. The Crimea is a jumping-off point to supply their troops in uh, inside of the Ukraine. So it's a serious deal. It's a serious deal. And the Russians are not happy about it, and they know who approved it. You know who approved it? I did. I approved that attack. Yes, I did. That was my attack, and I'll tell you why. Because the money that paid for it come out of my pocket. And how did that happen? Because I elected these eugenicists that are running our government because I've outsourced my power to them. I expect them to represent me. They're not representing me, and I have to ask you, are these people representing you in this war in the Ukraine? Do you feel well represented? Is there any benefit to you or your family or your parents or your children to this war? Do you see any personal benefit from it? Are you getting any of the spoils of war? Like is your bank account filling up with hundreds of millions of dollars because you're supplying the war? Are you in on the deal? Then why the hell are we letting them do this to us? And I'll tell you why. Because we're not in the Republican Party filling up those 200,000 seats. So if I can ask you to please get in touch with us or please get in touch with your local party or go to precinctstrategy.com, that's important. That's called changing the world. That's called bending the arc of history. Because while we're sitting here talking about this, the Ukrainians are attacking the Russians. There was a grain deal. There was a grain deal brokered by the Turks and the UN to allow the Ukrainians to ship their, their wheat out through the Black Sea. Oh, that fell apart since I saw you last. What does that mean? It means starvation. That's what it means. It means the price of bread's going up. The price of bread's going up. It's going up. <laughs> you enjoying the inflation? It's supposed to be over, right? No. No, no, it's not over. The reason the numbers are down right now is because all the you know, poor bastards like me that own businesses that have inventory, the bubbles popped, so everybody's inventory is going down in price. That's offset the inflation that you're suffering at the grocery store. They give you an aggregate number. It's called a basket. So let me tell you what happened so you know. When the government put all that COVID money out in the street, everybody ran down to Walmart and started buying shit willy-nilly because it's free money. Hey, free money, let's go have a party. I get it. I get it. Why not? So all of a sudden, everybody ran dry of supply. Everybody started buying and buying and buying. So we had a huge surge of inventory requests, which means the boats got filled up. There weren't enough boats to bring the stuff over from China, which was, you know, that's where it all came from. And the price of cargo, getting a 40-foot high-cube container, that's how they bring over your uh, G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. You know, it's in a container because it's not made, you know, in Arkansas. It's made in Guangdong. So they put it in a container. They ship it over here on a big ship. And normally you pay about three, 4000 bucks to get it from here to there. 
Well, it went up to $25,000 per container. And if you wanted to stay in the game, you had to pay the price. You want to get across the bridge, pay the troll. They call it a toll now. It's a toll, toll, troll. It's troll. Look it up. T-R-O-L-L or T-O-L-L. Interesting concept. Anyhow, when the Fed started raising the interest rates because the inflation was spiking, the music stopped. And everybody that had inventory got caught flat-footed from the biggest like Walmart to Target to guys like me. And guess what? Walmart's not going out of business, but guys like me are going to go out of business wholesale in droves. So it's not that inflation is over when it comes to the critical things you need to run your life. What's really happening is they're wiping out the patriot economy, and this is not an accident. That's why it's so important for you, so important, and I ask you so wholeheartedly to please support the advertisers that support Please Call Me Crazy. Please. I'm going to give you the example one right now. I'm going to give you my, my, uh, my new friends at, at my bookie. I went to their website. I went to their website. It's super cool. It's super easy to use. I went, I, it's easy to navigate. It's super, it's just great. It's very, very customer friendly. Very little friction. You know, when you go to a website and it's hard to operate it, hey, that's no good. These people, they got the technology figured out. So if you're going to place a bet, and there's nothing wrong with a friendly wager, it makes the sports game so much more interesting to have a little skin in the game, right? You put a little skin in the game so you get a little bit more of an adrenaline pop. I like it. I understand it. Now, let's just think about this. For example, Royce is in the big three right now, right? He's playing. That's why he's not here tonight. And his team power is doing great. They're 3-1. and one. You know, they're going to play next weekend. You can bet that game. Their the season's in full swing, and it's time you can get down with some betting on the big three, which I think is cool. You can make every bet for everything you, everything sports that you want to do. You can go to my bookie. They're going to play it for you. A $100 bet placed today on power to win the championship would net you a $600 return, six times on your money. Hey, that's a pretty good score. And remember, if you use promo code Royce, you grab yourself a welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You heard me right. Promo code Royce, and you can grab yourself some extra funds, redeemable, all the way up to 1000 bucks. Anything, anytime, anywhere, Go to my bookie. Site's fantastic. The sports are fantastic. This is a way to get in the game. And we need some distraction. I'm asking you to get in the game of politics. Hey, we all deserve a little bit of a time off. I went. I, I took a day off with my family this past uh, Sunday. You got to have some downtime. This is a great way to do it. So I want to thank my bookie because they're supporting this podcast. And I'm asking you to support my bookie because that's what we call a nice circulation. A nice circulation. We must support the people and the businesses that are supporting Truth Media. Truth Media plus the Patriot Economy equals freedom. Isn't that cool? All this stuff is going on. I mean, when we're when we're when we're living our lives, Turkey agreed. You know, Turkey was holding Sweden back from joining NATO. So now they said, "Okay, come on in." So now Sweden is joining NATO. Take a look at the map. They're fencing the Russians in. They're fencing them in. You know, Jack Dempsey said, the best defense is a good offense. <laughs> Boy, 
NATO looks pretty offensive to me. If I was a Russian, if I was on the Russian street corner, and I'm not saying that I am, I'm just saying if I was, I would remember the British invading Russia in 1807. I would remember the British invading Russia in 1853. I would remember the British and 700,000 foreign troops occupying parts of Russia at the end of World War I at the time of the Bolshevik Revolution. I, as a Russian, I would certainly remember the Germans invading in 1942, Operation Barbarossa. There's nobody in Russia that's forgot that because it killed 25 million Russians. Come on. That's, that's big time, right? That's big time. And if I got the numbers slightly wrong, please don't chastise me. We can look it up. It's something like that. Could have been 30, could have been 20. It's, a, it's an incomprehensible genocide. And now we got this Ukraine thing going on. And every time there's a war over there, it happens in Russia. So if you're a Russian and you're on the Russian street corner and you see Sweden join NATO, hey, that's very offensive looking. Because if you look at the map, there's a choke point there in the sea. And the Russian Navy is not going to be able to get out into the open ocean because there's a choke point there. Go look at the map. It's very interesting the way the... Ge you know, geography has so much to do with how things come out. It's nice to look at a map sometimes. And then on top of it, our northern neighbor, Canada, a more serious dictator autocrat wannabe than Trudeau, you can't find him. This guy, this guy Trudeau, ugh. Boy, what a, what a zero this guy is. And, you know, that's because the Canadians don't self-govern. You know, the Canadians are super nice up there. I got friends in Canada. I got one of my brothers up there. I hope he's watching the podcast. I've never talked to him about him when I'm on. My brother. I love this guy. Super liberal guy. I love him. I love him. He watches me like, you know, someone would watch a lab rat. He can't believe it. But he's going to get convinced because he's very smart. And he's smart enough to see what the hell's going on. You know, this guy called me when he was getting his third Moderna shot. When they were putting the needle in his arm, I prayed for him. I said, you know, you're out of your damn mind. Okay. Well, he's still going. He's got some medical problems, though, now, doesn't he? Hey, I wonder if you put two and two together on that one. Anyhow, not trying to get too personal. We talk a lot about Trudeau. Trudeau's a jerk. And Trudeau is totally thrown in with the New World Order. Klaus Schwab has actually bragged that Justin Trudeau is his boy, like a lapdog, and that they've penetrated. You know, you can, I mean, I should play this. Write this down. We got to play this video where Klaus Schwab said he's penetrated, penetrated the, the cabinet. Penetrated. You know, it sounds very kind of weirdly sexual the way he uses that word. They have so many people in government in Canada. The government of Canada is World Economic Forum. I mean, it's just being run by Klaus Schwab and his crew. And Canada jumps up and puts a garrison of troops in Latvia to oppose the Russians. Isn't that interesting? Why don't, I, why don't we unpack that over a couple of different podcasts, okay? Because nothing scares the New World Order more than someone like the Russians saying, Up yours! We're not going to go with you on this deal. Royce has a great metaphor for this, a basketball metaphor. He calls it a four-player jump ball between the globalists. That would be our country and, you know, the Europeans and globalists, the Russians, the Chinese, and us, us free people. It's a four-player jump ball. 
Now, the three players, the globalists, the Russians, and the Chinese, they're not even looking at us as being players because, you know, history being a predictor of the future, we're going to sit home and smoke dope and, you know, what? We're, you know, we're not going to be, uh, we're going to maintain our narcissism and not make the transition to altruism. But this is going to get so bad. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Please, it's just this simple. All I have to do is be good and be active any way I want to to tell the truth. Telling the truth and being active about it and doing good, and we win. They don't see that coming because they're so used to us staying at home and getting stoned. You know, we're not even players, but we're in the game now. We're in the game. Thank God we're in the game. Well, let me show you what we're facing. Got a little video here, the committee. Could you pop this one up here, the committee? Settled, we are moving along. Now we are presented with a difficult problem. My instinct is to be Alexandrian and solve a difficult tangle with a sharp, clean stroke this afternoon. All our actions must be predicated on law. Everything we have done flows from the Nuremberg Laws, which Dr. Stuckert brought forth to the Reichstag in 1935. And now we have to examine those, the blood and honor laws in regard to the problems of mixed marriages and persons of mixed blood. Uh, not only who is a Jew, but how in each defined circumstance the Jew is expunged from society, the government, the economy, through ordinances. A tapestry, if you'll uh, permit some pride. The exemptions written into the law allow too many Jews to remain among us. We address that problem by examining each category and every exemption. The Nuremberg laws are very when specific. I am done. Thank you. Please. Can I just say one word more? Now, in the obligation, the, the, the obligation to, to maintain a lawful Another society, lecture. lawful society, what will we Another be saying lecture. to those where we are departing from the legal letter and deporting a Jew Go married to a German, we, a new law will be required by mandating it. all these Why marriages be dissolved. Consider. Consider. The Jews are taken away. The German spouses will presumably inherit the property of the Jewish spouses. Go to court, a death certificate will be applied for, and, and what happens to your secret killings then? No matter what you call them. The secret is out, dear friends. Perhaps not inheritance, perhaps, uh, perhaps divorce. Freedom to remarry. So, a requisite divorce mechanism, dealing with all these marriages to be terminated, becomes the Reich's responsibility to its German citizens. Fuck. I am speaking! Now, except for those initiated, before the spouse is deported, the courts are going to be so busy with divorces that the civil courts will be on 24-hour shifts and the litigation wait will be accounted in decades. Or longer. Well, I, for one, have no sympathy with Germans who climbed into bed with members of the tribe. Nor do I. I ask myself, what is this concern? When the ruling principle of our government and our party is to make Germany Jew-free, you are arguing to let these yids stay? To influence them to, to operate freely, with the exception they're, they're that you're not, new to them? They're not free. They, they are not free. The law restricts them. It isolates them. I am merely Perhaps speaking Perhaps the judge has some special love for them. Yes, yes, yes. Special love for them. Uh, for whom? Uh, for Jews. Oh, wonderful. You, you don't uh, have my credentials. Uh, forgive me, from your uniform, I can infer that you're shallow, ignorant, and naive about the Jews. Your line, the, the, what the party rants on about, is, is how, how inferior they are, some, some subspecies, and I keep saying how wrong that is. They are sublimely clever, and they are intelligent as well. 
My indictments of that race are stronger and heavier because they are real, not your uneducated ideology. They are arrogant and self-obsessed and calculating and reject the Christ, and I will not have them pollute German blood. Please, Doctor. He, he doesn't understand, and neither do his people. Deal with the reality of the Jew, and the world will applaud us. Treat them as, as uh, imaginary phantoms, evil in human fantasies, and the world will have justified contempt for us. To kill them casually without regard for the law martyrs them, which will be their victory. Sterilization recognizes them as a part of our species, but prevents them from being a part of our race. They'll disappear soon enough. And we will have acted in defense of our race and of our species and by the law. This fellow mentioned the law for the protection of German blood. I wrote that law. And when you have my credentials, then we'll talk about who loves the Jews and who hates them. Pigs don't know how to hate. I know, too, that uh, when it comes to the half-mixed, that to kill them abandons that half of their blood, which is German. I remember you. You should. I'm very well known. Gentlemen, if I may for a moment, Dr. Stuckert has raised the question of administrative consequences of evacuation. He is a very brilliant scholar of the law and I'm sure just as totally committed to a Jew-free Europe as any of us. Let us take a moment. Uh, go on with the food. Wow. You know, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, the Republican Party, and I started thinking about, well, how do I capture the acrimony that's going on between the establishment? In this scene, the establishment was Heydrich, played by Kenneth Branagh, and uh, they were working on this. Is a, this is a historical depiction. This is a depiction of an actual historical event, a conference that was held to work out the mechanisms of the final solution, the liquidation of European Jewry. This is a historical event. And, of course, you know, it has some interest to me because, hey, killed uh, two-thirds of my family. So, of course, I have some interest in it. Well, these guys are so cool and so calculating, but look at how they're fighting with each other. They hate each other, just like people in the Republican Party. I'm going to be going to an event tonight, and I was at an event recently, they scream at each other just like this. You'd think we're a room full of Nazis. The way we talk to each other is Nazi. We hate each other. It's just like this. There's no erudite conversation. There's no soaring oratory. There's no good composition. It's just a bunch of people. Well, we got one group. We got a group, bunch of group that acts like the Pharisees and the hypocrites. They're lawyers. They uh, try to wear you out with the jot and tittle of the law. And, you know, the only way they apply the law is when it serves them. It's not law for everybody. It's not free and fair law for all. You know, it's not the blind uh, justice. It's, uh, you know, the law for uh, me and not for thee. So that's one, one group. Then we got kind of, and I'm not going to say, well, some of them are Nazis. They just don't know it. They'd fit in that table just perfect. And you know what's interesting? It looks just like that. The people get together. When you come into the Republican Party, this is the shit show that you're going to come into. And I know why you don't want to come in, because who wants to go sit down at a table full of Nazis? That's no fun. But you know what? If good people that believe in the Constitution of the United States, that believe in a creator that granted unalienable rights, that believe that creator made us all equal in our creation, 
when we let that ideology prevail across our entire country from sea to shining sea, we got a new day. We got a new dawn. We got a rebirth. We get another shot at a new game. Because this ideology, this Nazi ideology, and you're thinking, oh, and maybe there's some people that really believe this is okay. And if it is, bring it up to Royce and let him give you an ass kicking. Okay? Leave Professor Penn to watch. Because if there's people that are in this populist movement that are holding on to these racist and anti, well, of course you're watching Royce. I'm just here as a guest host. Obviously, you don't have these ideas. But these people wanted to kill the blacks as much as the Jews. Because in their minds, blacks and Jews, same group. They weren't really that, dis- you know, they weren't that discriminating. You know, the Nazi Pope, Pope Pius, and he was in league with these people, when the Allied armies pushed the Nazis out of Rome and the Allies entered Rome, the holy city, Pope Pius went and met with the Allied generals and said, we're so glad you're here, but we don't want your black soldiers in the city. Please keep them out. This is the kind of thing we're fighting. Did you know that? If you're Catholic in the audience, I'm not impugning Catholics. My good friend Royce is a Catholic. I'm going to give you a surprise. I've probably been to 100 Catholic uh, masses in my life. That'll tell you something about me. This ideology is in the Republican Party. How do we change this? By good people getting in the party and retiring these folks, like I played uh, on the last podcast, The Wicked Witch is Dead. That's one down. I don't know how many we got to go. We'll find out. In this case, I kind of feel like Blade, metaphorically. I'm not going to pull out a samurai sword and chop anybody up. So get off of that if you're thinking I'm saying that. But I'm like Blade. I'm just going to chop the next vampire that shows up in my view. doesn't matter to me. If I'm in a room and there's five vampires, it's going to be an exciting scene. And that's what we need to do if we want to save this country. I want my children to live, and I want to learn. I want to meet my grandchildren. They're not here yet. I want to have a country for them. You know, eugenics, eugenics, eugenics is an outgrowth of social Darwinism and the origin of the species, the competition of the fittest to survive. This is all the fundamental cornerstones of the British crown business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy, where I'm trapped here today. I'm a victim of this business model, and damn it, I'm done with it. And you're going to join with me. You're here. I thank you. I praise God for you being here. And my job, my anointing is to help every person who wishes to, to find a way to fight these people. Because what we're told is the Nazis were defeated. No, they weren't. They won that war. We won a battle called World War II. But the Nazi ideology, and Nazis a political movement like Republicanism, the ideology that underlies the political movement, which is the origin of the species, social Darwinism, and eugenics continues and prevails and is growing in strength every single day. These people don't believe in God. Obviously, if you're going to clip out an entire race of people, you're not really too Christ-fearing, are you? I mean, come on, talk about being a judge, not let you be judged. Well, these people are sitting around figuring out how to figure out who's got a quarter of Jewish blood in them so they can kill them. Hey, you know what? That's pretty judgmental, isn't it? And this ideology is in both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party and in our country. 
And we, the American people, we, the citizens, we, the American citizens, we are going to understand that our problem, our problem is this ideology. They've just kind of taken it up a notch and gussied it up. And we're so busy getting high and living our lives, we can't even figure it out. Well, I'm going to figure it out with you. And when we see this, when we pull this veil down and we see these people, you know, you got to get your prescription for the red pill. And what is that pill? It's called research. You've got to see it for yourself. You've got to. I'm going to tell you what happens to me sometimes. I go to bed at night thinking about this stuff. Last night was a perfect example. I went to bed thinking about these things, laying there with Mrs. Professor Penn, who I love. And uh, when we get up in the morning, you know, I was raised, make your bed. She won't make the bed because sometimes I just sweat the bed out because I, you know, I have night sweats because I'm having, you know, concerns. And I woke up last night and the bed was drenched, drenched. And if I didn't know myself, I'd be worried about it because I used to worry about night sweats because it, it can be a, a symptom of disease. It can also be a symptom of being scared shitless by people that want to kill me. And that's why, that's why this new advertiser, Ghost Bed, is so interesting to me. You know, sleep is very important and I don't sleep very well. And I'm going to research this ghost bed thing, and I'm going to ask you to do it too. Ghost bed has been making mattresses for a very long time, a couple of decades. And it's a family-owned business. That means it's part of the patriot economy. It's supporting this podcast. Now, we all have to buy mattresses and sheets and accoutrement for our bedrooms. Ghost bed has all that on its website. They're good at it. But what they really have, which is so interesting, they have a kind of technology that's super cooling. They use super cooling materials. So I'm not going to have to wake up in a pool of my own sweat. And that's even in the dead of summer. I mean, this is fantastic. I am going to check this out. I am going to be a customer. And I'm asking you to join me because we want to support these people. Now, if you go to GhostBed and you go ghostbed.com upward slash Royce and you use the promo code Royce, You'll get 40% off site-wide. 40%? Boy, that's a deal. That's a deal. And if you're hurting for money like I am and you're sweating your bed out at night because you're scared shitless like I am, GhostBed, GhostBed's got something going on here. So I want to thank the GhostBed family for supporting the podcast, and I want to support you, the, the listeners and the viewers, for checking out their, their wares Use that promo code Royce, get your 40% off, and let's support these people because they're supporting us and we're supporting each other. It's called a political economy. It's the patriot economy. So thank you to my listeners and viewers. This is Royce's audience. It's not mine. Please forgive me. Become the Professor Penn Podcast. That's my audience. Come on over. Let's have one connected effort, and let's support GhostBed and my bookie and Target.com, the patriot economy. Thank you so much. But when we get into this thing with this kind of committee thing, that's what you get into in politics. That, that, that scene, I have to do that once a month, twice a month, sometimes three times a month, and we sit there and scream at each other like this. No, I don't. Fortunately for me, I'm kind of out of the fray. They're all screaming about me, but I don't have to say anything. I mean, I know what's going on here in Minnesota, and I'm not saying I'm the only one but I'm one of the main drivers of change here.
And I don't have to talk with these people. These people, these people that oppose freedom, and they do, they might not know it. They're in opposition to freedom, and they're in opposition to human well-being. They're just too dumb to know it. And you know what's good about being dumb? You can get smart. Now, if you don't have the capacity to inquire, if you're somehow mentally compromised, or you don't have the machinery to do it, that's a different deal. And those, those people are children of God, and they're important, and they have souls, and I want to help and make sure that they have good lives. That's called community well-being. But we got a lot of people that are highly educated and dumber than dirt. They're just dumber than dirt. They've been taking their blue, I'm taking my red pills four times a day. These people are, they're slamming down these blue pills wholesale. They're taking 50 a day to get through. Because in this world right now, it's kind of hard. to Those blue pills, they're losing their effect. It's wearing off. I mean, one red pill could keep you busy for a couple of years. But to keep this high going with the blue pills, you got to take more and more all the time. The tolerance is building up because the bullshit is everywhere, right? And these people defend, and they come up with ideas that are so reprehensible and so amoral and sometimes immoral, and they lie, and they don't see any problem with this. I don't have to comment on it because so many people are in the movement here. They jump on these people like wild banshees, and then I watch them fight. Well, let me just tell you to all the people that are watching this that are in the freedom movement, we don't want to fight with these people. Their job, their own, they say they're here to elect Republicans. Hey, you know, if they wanted to elect Republicans, they'd have some good ideas to elect them. They have, now, I'm not talking about nationally. Your state might be very different. But here in Minnesota, the Republican Party has lost everything. I mean, they don't even need to show up because they got no power. They got no juice. They can't even get in the game. They've lost it all from, you know, from, I mean, from A to Z. These people are powerless. And how did that happen? They don't have any good ideas, A. And B, one might think, the way they act, that they're on the payroll to lose. It's possible. Because the people that are coming in like me that have good ideas and have a lot of energy, they're fighting us tooth and nail. And all we want to do is build the party. Like I always talk about the Three Stooges, my favorite stooge. We don't need any more Republicans. Hey, what kind of a stooge-like comment is that? That's what we need is more Republicans if we ever want to have a government that's focused on the freedom and the self-governance of we the people. Well, he doesn't want that. And he, he rules the party that way. He acts like a totalitarian. That's his impulse. What can I say? I don't want to put my time into fighting with this. This is, you know, a waste of my time. I'm putting my time into talking to you, and I'm putting my time into working with my neighbors, the people in my own neighborhood. We have weekly meetings. I walk my neighborhood. We have town halls. We're trying to get people. You know, we're, hey, I drive around in my car. If you open up my trunk, it's a trunk full of red pills. If they find them, I'm going to jail. <laughs> They're not really red pills. It's in my head. Well, that's the scary thing, right? That's why I sweat my bed out. Because they're going to put us in jail for what we think. They're going to put us in jail for what we think, for what we believe, for our faith in God. Their ultimate sin is that we, the American people, have faith in God. Oh, that pisses them off. They're looking to take care of us, right? Just like those Jews, those Nazis rounded them up. Those people had faith in God. No, I realize people are going to make the case that didn't have faith in Christ, and that's true. But having grown up in that you know, community... I know those people were devoted. They missed it. Give them a break. God's not through with them yet.
How many of us were saved down the road in our 30s and 40s and 50s? Oh, I'm born again. Well, what were you beforehand? Well, I believed in Christ. Well, why were you born again then if you believed? So I'm just saying, God's not through with me. Please be patient with me, and I'll be patient with you, and I want to be forgiven, so I'll be forgiven. These people missed it. They just missed it, and they're figuring it out. And why do I know it? Hey, am I not living proof? Am I not living proof that you can figure it out downstream, even if everybody around you is saying it's not true? I found it. And you know what? These people got clipped out in the millions because of their faith in God. That's the way I read it. And what happened after the war? People lost their faith. That's why I say the Allies did not win the war. They won the battle. The war was lost. And why do I know it? Look around. Look around. Start to do your own research and put all the pieces of this together. It's terrifying. That's why I sweat my bed out and I got to go to ghost bed. I need help. I'll be coming soon. Thank you very much for having a great product. We got to get in the party. We cannot let disreputable, dishonorable, uh, unlikable, and generally disharmonious people use their negativity as a barrier for good people to go get involved in politics. I mean, the thing I hear the most is, I really don't want to do that. Well, why is that? Well, I don't like the people very much. Well, yeah, that's because you didn't meet me. I'm really fun to hang around with. I got a whole bunch. I can't even get through my day. I got so many people want to hang out. That's great because I've dedicated myself to that. When we fill the party with people like you, good people, People dedicated to goodness. The party's going to be dedicated to goodness. Why are we abandoning our country to assholes? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they got us to do it by getting us high, hooking us on dopamine, buying us off with material goods, telling us we need them to be safe. Hey, you know what? Call the cops sometimes if somebody's in your house. I'm sure they're going to get there in time. Right? You hear some disturbance in your basement, you dial 911. I'm sure those cops are going to get there and save you from that perpetrator, right? I'm sure you believe that, don't you? Self-governance. We live in a country based on self-governance. When we don't self-govern because we have better things to do, other people fill the void and they rule us. So we have to make a decision. You know, when Royce uh, ran for Congress, he used to tell me all the time, this is not an uh, election between him and his opponent. It's a referendum. He used to say all the time, it's a referendum on the American people. And it is. And it's two years later, and it's even more intense. This period of time is a referendum on we the people. We will either self-govern or we will be ruled by evil men and go look it up for yourself. They intend to depopulate us. Does that do you, do you know what that means? That means that there's going to be survival of the fittest. It's already going on. It's already going on. We are already living in a increasingly intensified game of survival of the fittest. 
No Christianity. No, treat others as you want them to treat you. No, that's not part of this game. It's get to the top of the heap, survive. And if you have any problem doing that for any reason, up oh, too bad. I don't want to live in that kind of world. I want a world that is dedicated to the well-being of every American citizen. So I put a motion forward. We're going to go argue about it tonight. And I'm going to tell these people I expect 100% support for my referendum for my motion. My motion was very simple. We're going to form a committee, and we're going to figure out messaging and the distribution of messaging by September 1st, which is Republicans protect your children. Huh, who wants to argue about protecting children? Show up. If you want to vote against protecting children, hey, I'm sure we'd like to get your name on that one. So we got to change the messaging and find some things everybody can get behind, like protecting our children. And that's a very deep subject with a lot of different dimensions. But our most precious resource is our children. Who teaches the children and what they teach them determines the future of our country. Oh, do we have a lot of work to do. Well, let's talk a little bit about global governance. Global governance and where we're heading here. I'm going to play a gripping piece by a European politician who's in the European Parliament, Christine Anderson. She's a German. And boy, you want to talk about a throwdown. Tanner, can you cue this one up for me? Because an unelected body like WHO who is controlled and run by multi-billionaires, should never be allowed to act in place of a democratically elected government. So she's going to go on and talk about the WHO, the World Health Organization. Sounds great. You know, people my age, the United Nations, World Health Organization, sounds great. Actually, it's funded by billionaires. I'm going to let Royce call out their names. And, you know, it's a eugenicist organization. It's a depopulation organization. I mean, we accept things that are so full of shit. You know, I had three vaccines as a kid, and that was probably too much. I had a polio vaccine, I had a tetanus vaccine, and I had measles, mumps, and rubella. I have kids. These kids are shot up with 70, 80 vaccines by the time they're 10 years old. Their immune system does not know. They don't know if they're on foot or horseback. They got their bodies so screwed up from all this crap that gets put into them, and we think that's good. We're taught it's good. And I'm sure I'm, well, I don't want to talk too much about it. I'll get deplatformed. That's how much effort is put into poisoning the American people. And it's not just vaccines. It's the food we eat, the chemicals in what we drink. We're being bathed in radiation. I mean, the whole thing is anti-well-being. And we accept this? Oh, come on. Really? Really? You know, I'm just a, a you know, I'm just a, a, you know, a, I'm just an American citizen. I get up in the morning. I go downstairs, pour myself some tap water. It's full of forever chemicals that give me cancer. I have to buy a purifier, which I have, and you should have a water purifier. But even that doesn't get all those chemicals out of there, right? For sure. I'm bathed in 5G in my neighborhood, which is, you know, depending on what you think about it. I mean, it depends what street corner you're on. I mean, they got people running around like this Dr. Peter Hotez, and I'm calling his name out, and this is the first time I've done it, because some of these people are just out there telling you, they just, you know, they just have their perspective. Remember, they're not all evil. 
Some of them actually believe it. Like those Nazis. Those Nazis believed in eugenics and Nazism, and, you know, that's what they believed. They believed it. We've got to be really critical about what we believe. We've got to be continuously working on our thinking. That's why teaching critical thinking is so important. That's what my father was dedicated to in the university, and that's why our current public school education is so adamantly opposed to teaching our young people how to think critically, lest they come to a different conclusion, like they can self-govern and be free. No, that's not what they're teaching them. They're teaching them that the earth's going to burn up because of humans, because the humans are burning the earth. We're destroying the earth. Like in the Matrix, we're a virus. And my children love the earth so much, they want to kill all the humans. Isn't that great? That kind of shit where their thinking is just so, bleep this one out, their thinking is just f***ed up. Got to help them unscrew themselves. That's what we got to do. Let's watch Christine. I love this woman. I'm looking forward to meeting her someday. They will be exposed, each and every one of them, by name. Because guess what? There's elections coming up, and the people might be interested in who Stop, please. is... See, now she's front. And when I say I love her, you know, sometimes you just love someone even when you've only seen a digital image. I love this woman. She's talking about the precinct strategy. And much like me, she's fronting. Because if you don't get involved, we lose and we all die. And that's what she's talking about here. She's saying that there's elections coming up. We can win this so easily. We can retire these people, all of them, by making politics a passion by reversing their judgments like we don't discuss religion in politics, like it's no fun to do politics, like I'm going to leave politics for politicians. I want to leave my, live my life. Well, go ahead and live it because if you don't get involved, it's going to be a short one. Please continue. Responsible for the abolition of democracy. The fight is on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming today. And thank you, Misla, for uh, really putting in the work and making this happening today. And I really will have to say, I am so very honored to be here with seven very brave citizens who came here today to launch an initiative for a European citizens initiative. Stop right here. See, they're citizens of Europe. They're getting involved. I'm an American citizen. You're an American citizen. We're going to start Free People of America very shortly. The website's going to be up soon, soon. Chris is going to hear this. Chris, hurry up. We're working on it right now. It's being constructed. It's going to be a political action plan. It's going to tell you everything you need to know to get in the game of politics, whatever your state you know, is. And you can also go right now, this minute, to precinctstrategy.com and get a tutorial how to get in the game of politics. We're going to hit this from every possible direction. European citizens, American citizens, Mexican citizens, Canadian citizens, people that are concerned for their own well-being. Please continue. An initiative which will hopefully be 
accepted by the EU Commission, although I don't really hold my breath, to be quite frank, but I seriously hope we will uh, be able to do that. These seven citizens are so incredibly brave because they stand up against this despicable attempts by the globalitarian misanthropists to strip us of freedom, democracy, and the rule of law. They simply say no to the attempts of granting an unelected body governing powers. They simply say no. And that's what we all should do, because this will end. Uh, can you stop, please? It's called having good boundaries. One of the things that has been done to us, to we the people, is our boundaries have been eroded. You know, we don't have good boundaries. You know, when you have 70 shots before you're 10, your body can't tell friend from foe. You become unable. Your immune system becomes unable to sort out yes and no. Gets confused. We get confused through our entire education. Our media confuses us. We're confused. You know, no means no. No means no. We're going to say no to tyranny. That's all we have to do. And let me tell you a way to do it, a great way to do it, and really gum up their system because their system is aimed at getting us off of cash and into these digital currencies. That's where they're heading because then they're going to have total control. Just I mean, I've cut my credit cards up. I mean, I have an emergency credit card, but I'm carrying cash. I'm paying, carrying cash for everything. I have a big fight with the Mrs. Professor Penn. Oh, why are you writing checks? It's so easy. You know, point, click. No, no, no. I'm writing checks. I'm forcing them to be in an analog system. I'm gumming up their digital demands. I'm gumming it up by being a Luddite, really, when it comes to, you know, the money. I'm carrying cash. I'm writing checks. I'm staying away from credit cards. I don't do automatic payments. If we all did that, if every American citizen did that, they could stick that digital currency right up their ass. It'll never work. Never going to work. Please continue. Please say no. And that's what we're here to do today. Because an unelected body like WHO, who is controlled and run by multi-billionaires, should never be allowed to act in place of a democratically elected government. Never, ever. In democracies, ladies and gentlemen, it is government of the people, by the people, for the people. And any government of anywhere in the world who disregards this fundamental principle of democracy by supporting this unprecedented power grab by WHO is an anti-democrat demonstrating nothing but his utter contempt for the people. And these seven brave citizens, they will not stand for this and neither will we. I will expose anyone, whether it's a member of a government in a member state or a government around the world or a member of parliament in the European member states or parliaments around the world who do not respect the people and do not respect democracy, I will see to it. They will be exposed, each and every one of them. 
by name. Because guess what? There is elections coming up and the people might be interested in who is responsible for the abolition of democracy. So we are here today to tell you, WHO, globalitarian misanthropists, we are here today to tell you, you picked this Stop, fight. please. I mean, first of all, she used this of the people, by the people, for the people. That's right out of the United States. That was not a German concept. And this last thing she said, you've picked this fight, you got one. Hey, she got that right from Alex Jones. Royce appears on Alex Jones frequently. That's just a reset. That's just a, she just took an Alex Jones tagline and interjected it into the European theater. Fantastic. This is called technology. This is the beautiful part of technology. Not all technology is bad. I'm not against technology. I'm against technology that is aimed at killing me. But if the technology is aimed at uplifting me and making me well, I'm all for it. This is beautiful. Please continue. You wanted this fight. Well, guess what? You've got it. Let's fight. Because these brave citizens, my colleagues and I, we will not tire to fight you every step of the way. These brave seven citizens and millions and millions more around the world, these are the people you will have to reckon with from now on. Because we are millions, millions around the world. It is you that is the small French minority. You are the ones who do not have the right to dictate to the people what they want and what they don't want. So take it from me, take it from us, take it from these seven citizens who gathered here today, take it from the millions and millions of people around the world. We will bring you down and we will not tire until we have done just that. So brace yourselves. We are here and the fight is on. So let's commence with the fights. Why don't we? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tanner. Well, it chokes me up. It just chokes me up. I mean, that, that could go down. That speech might be played 150 years from now. That's a great one, isn't it? Unbelievable. The millions and millions of people around the world that are willing to fight for freedom. And I'm going to invite each and every one of you to join us. I'm going to invite every one of you to join us. And there's something for everybody to do. And let me just comment for a second on what she's talking about. Uh, the UN, the United Nations, you know, thought of nicely by lots of people. Actually, you know, an aggregation of power. And it's not the United Nations. It's the Satanist people that have taken it over. The institution's a good idea. I mean, if it was run for the well-being of individual people. But it's not. It's run to create world governance and get the governance as far, so far from the people that people become, ah, viruses. Let's clip them out. That's who these people are. This whole eugenicist thing, this depopulation thing, you can go find it in United Nations documents. They're not hiding it. They want the population of the world reduced and fast. They have agendas. Go read their agendas. Don't take it from me. you got to see it for yourself. And when you find it, 
you know, you might get off the bench. You might say, shit, they're coming to kill me. Whoa, I better get in the game. I agree with you. You better get in the game. I don't like should statements. That's why I say you got you to gotta see it for yourself. But the UN is seeking permanent emergency powers. Right now, today, they're working on this. It's called the Pact for the Future to include policies that have been outlined in the globalist bodies are common agenda. Sounds so nice, doesn't it? One such policy is an emergency platform during any events that have a global impact that would provide the UN the authority to, quote, actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equity and solidarity at the center of its work. In other words, communism. Isn't that nice? Would you like to have the same as everybody else? These people, these are the people that are in on, you'll have, you know, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy. You brainwash people. There's bullshit, right? These people are, 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 are focused on examples of what could trigger the emergency authority, including a major climactic event. I wonder what that would be, because they can create those kind of events, right? Future pandemic risks. Oh, they can create those kind of events. A global digital connectivity disruption. Oh, they can connect, they can create that event. Major events even in outer space. What the hell are they talking about there? And generic unforeseen risks, so-called black swan events. They want emergency powers to take total control of the world in the event of unprecedented trauma, crises, that they themselves, the globalists, have the power to create. It's kind of like these vaccines. Oh, they're so good for us. And then when we get sick, we got to go to the doctor for the rest of our life to get treated. There's birth and there's death. And in between, there's a series of diagnostic codes, and each diagnostic code has a drug which creates a revenue stream for very wealthy people. They use us as inventory. All we are is digitized inventory. These people do not see me as a child of God. They don't believe in God. They see me as a digital inventory to be exploited for profit. Ugh. That's the world I live in. Piracy. Drugs, slavery. We've got to change this business model. Otherwise, our children, they're not going to be around. They're just, they're getting to the point because of technology. They don't need us, us mindless eaters and workers. Not necessary. They got robotics. They got artificial intelligence. Most of the jobs, unnecessary. And what are they going to do? Reduce the population. I mean, why carry all the inventory? You don't need it. We're over-inventoried in what? Humanity. Gosh. Even myself, when I say it so eloquently, I freak myself out. I got to call the ghost bed people. I'll be I'll be sweating my bed out tonight. Listen to tell you. Let me tell you. You know, truth is stranger than fiction. I want you to listen to our very eloquent and thoughtful vice president, Kamala Harris. Play her because they just tell you what they're thinking. What? Well, that's really interesting and not a surprise. This was a video. This is great. This is called censorship. I found a video where, where Vice President Harris, and we'll try to find it because it's probably somewhere. Maybe we can find it somewhere. They actually removed this video since this morning when I got the script ready. In this video, 
the vice president, our vice president, you know, we the people, she represents us, actually said that the intent of this whole thing is depopulating the world, that our children will be better off when there's less people. And they took it down off of YouTube. Can you believe this? This is what we're dealing with. It's about an an information war. That's why taking this content and spreading it out and talking to your neighbors and talking to your your family and your friends and your coworkers and not being put off when they go, oh, we don't want to talk about it. Nah, nah. You know, if the building was on fire and we were all going to burn to death and you walked up to your coworker and you said, hey, did you know there's a fire on the third floor? They wouldn't say, don't talk to me. They'd say, how the hell do we get out of here? Compared to a fire on the third floor, this is a raging inferno. You just saw live in real time how the censorship is intended to keep the truth away from the people. I mean, she just said it. I mean, she just let it out. She's kind of a dummy, right? She just ran off at the mouth. She does that all the time. She just runs off at the mouth. Nope, I'm sorry, but they're just some people are smarter than other people. I'm sure she has many qualities. God gave her qualities. She used to be a very beautiful woman when she was young. And please don't get mad at me for saying it because uh, she traded in that to work her way up the, the jungle gym. So she had, she had skills. Being smart and eloquent was not among them. Being honest was not among them. But she had a moment of clarity. She said that depopulation was the goal of the program, and they took it off YouTube since three hours ago. You did? Oh, great. Let's see if we can get this in here. Probably by the time it runs tonight, it won't, it won't be here, but give it a whirl. See if it goes. Let's see if this works. Our valued producer, Tanner, is trying to help us make things work here. Let's see if this is... doesn't look like it's the right one, but let's see what happens. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population... More of That's our good children. Enough. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Listen to what she's saying. She's saying what she's what they want to do. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Okay, stop. More of our children. She's talking about depopulating our children. Remember I told you to do a loop on somebody yesterday? Would you do that? And would you loop this one for me too? We got to make this a highlight reel. Did you hear that? And probably by the time this, uh, please call me crazy, airs uh, Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, we probably won't be able to use this. They'll probably, they probably won't let us put it up. You can probably see a blank spot here. Because it's just so honest. I mean, she's just kind of a dummy, and she let it out. Let the cat out of the bag. Like, you can go to YouTube, and President Biden actually says before he was elected, we've put together the most comprehensive and effective voter fraud organization in American history. It's right there. You go, what? Well, you know, sometimes they just, you know, they just it just slips out. It just slips out. Did you ever do that? You're talking, and you say too much. You talk too much. You know, the Chinese, they got a great governor on this whole thing they tell you don't talk too much don't talk too much because you might say something like this and let the cat out of the bag and she did it so they got this who treaty coming up 
In addition to the UN seeking global powers, this WHO treaty, it's the so-called pandemic treaty, this puts the United States of America, you and me, in the event that the pandemic, the next, the next pandemic, as if the last one was an accident. The next pandemic, they get complete control of everything. There will no longer be a United States of America. They'll just be the WHO. And who funds that? Look it up. All you got to do is go and look at their funding. It's not like some, you know, unintentional thing where shit just happens. No, the people that are funding it are looking for an outcome. And you just listen to our vice president talk about it. I hope it's still there when the time comes. So this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. Now, there is a presumption, and I want to dispel it as we go out tonight, that um, things happen by accident. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it just happened by accident. But I'm going to tell you, and we can't get to it tonight, that these intellectuals have been working on this since the 1880s. But play this piece with Herman Kahn. If you're familiar with the movie Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Strangelove is modeled on Herman Kahn. This is a video that was recorded in black and white probably in the late 50s. Listen to this guy talk about his vision for the future. Herman Kahn was a futurist. And you're going to see that everything we're living through, they've been working on it for decades. Please play it. Thirty miles north of New York City, the problems of our violent age are pondered over in one of America's most influential think tanks, the Hudson Institute. In this 19th century mansion, they are looking for alternative futures, both utopian and dystopian. The end product of this think tank, scenarios, scripts for the 21st century. Uh, you know, let's admit that you know, the affluence, the skills, the technology, will really make life better in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we also know these things go badly. Right. Uh, okay, everybody's worried about the, the possibilities of you know, various kinds of social controls and so on. What would the scenario be? Herman Kahn is director of the institute, Tony Wiener his assistant. Uh, it has to involve the, the social controls coming into effect gradually and um, uh, slowly, and at each step, as a result of some decision which seems to be very much in the general interest. That's Stop. Listen to these people. I can't even believe this is online. Social controls must come into effect slowly and in each step as if it's in the social interest. What an asshole. Like the Patriot Act. Please continue. Position by um, an evil, uh, evilly intended big brother. How are we going to achieve a utopian peace in our cities, even without the bomb? What is the scenario for a utopian peace? To take a black power movement, right. and one which really is trying to cause problems, but sand in the gears. Right. And you've already set up a good deal of this social uh, watching. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got your TV cameras everywhere, you've got your data processing, everybody has his ID card, you've double-checked it. Mm -hmm. And now all Stop. of a Stop. Are you listening to what this guy is saying 50 years ago, maybe almost 60 years ago? Let's take the black power movement, for example. We're watching everything. There's cameras everywhere. They didn't have any of these technologies then. They actually came up with the goal, and then the government funded the research that led us into this nightmare we find ourselves today. You're looking at the architect of the New World Order, Herman Kahn. Please continue. You've got these guys that are throwing sand in the gears. And 
you clamp down. That is, you keep track of every car. You keep track of every... This is easy to do. You keep track of uh, 10% or 100% of the conversation that occurs on telephones. Uh, one could, um, with a computer capacity that will be available in the next couple of decades, one could easily record every phone conversation made. And then one could easily scan mechanically, no human being could spend the centuries that would be required, one could scan every conversation looking for keywords that would identify the conversation as uh, worth looking into a little further. So that, for example, uh, one could begin with a naive set of words. Uh, kill, rob, murder, assassinate, plot, uh, conspire. You know, you can do more than that. You can, uh, you could imagine temporarily tranquilizing a whole city. You know, it's been uh, upset, been riots. Mm -hmm. You know, let's put trans guards either in the air or in the water. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. get people settled down a bit. Uh, I can imagine you could do the preventive medicine going on in this kind of state. Mm -hmm. You know, where you really check up with everybody and you see that they keep their drug levels right. Yes. In fact, give uh, the first thing you do when you go into uh, to work is they punch you and check your blood and see that the drug level is what it's supposed to be. So you'll you'll buy the safety. Uh, of your city at the expense of the privacy of individuals and for most people stop you'll buy the safety at the expense of your freedom that's exactly what we've done we've traded our freedom for a material high and for safety please continue well most of the time uh, the intrusion will not be the kind of thing they'd be conscious of so the scenario for a utopia without violence is achieved at the expense of your private life well Okay, so that's going to sweat my bed out tonight, and I'm going to leave you with that to think about because they've been working on this for my entire lifetime. That This is old stuff. I don't even know why they left it out there. I actually think when I find stuff like this on the Internet, they're leaving it out there just to fuck with me, just to make me feel terrible because I know this academic world, I grew up in it, and I know they've been doing this research for decades over a hundred years to get us to the point today where they can control us and then eliminate us. That's where we're at. That's why I'm asking you to get involved in politics. So I'm going to go out tonight thanking you for joining. I'm going to see you one more time this week. Royce will be back next week, God willing. We're going to go out with Beethoven, Symphony Number no. 9, the second movement, I'm with, and conducted by Leonard Bernstein, a great American conductor, the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, and we're going to do it for one reason. This is the opposite pole. This is the creativity of man generating beauty, generating timeless beauty. So thank you. Enjoy this. God bless you. Be well. And I'll see you soon again.
Thank you.